Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Wednesday, September 7th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, the 51-year-old cold case of a deputy sheriff's murder is closed in Montgomery County. We'll tell you about the killing of Deputy Sheriff Captain James Hall, whose family kept hope alive for decades. I just knew somebody was out there. I just, and I don't want anybody to forget if you are missing a loved one, if somebody has been hurt, please don't give up. And investigators tell us why they picked the case back up that led them to hone in on a man who detectives say changed his name and moved away shortly after the crime. They put together a timeline on the wall, dug through every inch of every case file. They did interviews. They went over old interviews. They spoke to previous investigators. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. Police say they now know who killed then-off-duty Special Deputy Sheriff James Hall, who was working security for Manor Country Club in Rockville when officers found him shot in the head, face down in a parking lot, on October 23, 1971. Today, Montgomery County Police explained how this case came back to their attention, how they went about solving it, and who they say the killer is who actually fled the area and changed his name. Now, Megan, just watched the press conference. And, Megan, there are a lot of questions here. Oh, yeah. First off, you know, who is this person that they now believe killed Hall 51 years ago? So his name is Larry David Becker, but he changed his name to Larry David Smith. At the time, he was in his early 20s. He's now 71 years old. Mm. Um, And what's interesting is investigators interviewed him in 1973, uh, two years after, a little less than two years after the crime. But he was never a suspect. However, we have a booking photo of him. Um, that you can see on our social media today. And and then we have the photo of him that, you know, when he was arrested. And it's pretty wild. I mean, obviously, 50 years of time has gone by. Right. I mean, that means that he was literally in the room with investigators yeah. and then left. Yeah. And uh, state's attorney from Montgomery County, John McCarthy, said that Smith actually lived in that neighborhood um, before the crime. So he wasn't living there at the time of the crime, but he had lived there. Mm. And do we know how investigators 50 plus years later actually tied Becker slash Smith, you know, to this killing? What what drew them there? What what made them, you know, reignite this investigation? I think we're all really frustrated because we don't know. <laughs> I mean, we want to know everything, right? Um, but investigators, obviously, this has to go through the judicial process. They didn't want to give us too many details. Mm. However, we do know that when this case hit 50 years, it comes to the department's attention and retired Captain Ruben Rosario, who was overseeing that unit at the time, kind of explains how it was brought to him like, hey, we should really investigate this again. Mm. You guys remember last year, toward the end of the year, we had a lot of homicides at the time. Um, and so we were kind of stretched thin as, as a division. Almost by a blessing from God, we got a temporary assignment request from Detective Killen, who's the person responsible for getting onto this particular suspect, saying, can I come to the cold case unit? And is there any way that I could help out? So he assembles a team, um, which included Detective Katie Leggett, Corporal Liesel Killen, and Detective Sarah White. And essentially, they just started, you know, digging. Um, I could tell you this. They kicked me out of my conference room. I had to have meetings in my office with 15, 20 people at a time. It was humiliating, but worth it. 
Um, they they had a time. They had put together a timeline on the wall, dug through every inch of every case file. They did interviews. They went over old interviews. They spoke to previous investigators who spent a lot of time and effort on this case, who deserve recognition as well. They have since retired, um, and and they're they're ultimately responsible for where we are today. They they started going through all the old stuff. Mm. Um, eventually. Uh, Rosario says that led them to Little Falls, New York, where Smith had moved pretty quickly after the the killing. Um, and they interviewed him. And during the interview on September 1st, he admitted to killing Captain James Tappan Hall. To obtain a confession for someone who committed a crime 51 years ago is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. And so let's take it back 51 years ago when Hall was murdered, shot in the head. What do we know about that instance? And did we learn anything more today? We learned he was working off duty. Um, you know, he, he had his job at the sheriff's department, but then he was working off duty at the time, mm. making some extra money, right. being, a, being a security guard for the Manor Country Club. And we learned before, actually, he had been a security guard at Glen Echo Park oh, wow. when it was an amusement park back in the day, which, you know, we all know it now is sort of this kind of like museum almost oh yeah, like moment in time but yeah. then it was really really busy um so this happened at 10 40 in the evening on a saturday night rainy saturday night october 23rd 1971 and police got a call that someone had saw a man who was lying face down they get there and they find captain james tappan hall that night at age 53 jim was ambushed rushed to the hospital but passed away a few days later at montgomery general hospital and we know that the working theory was he happened upon a residential burglary. Right. And this was 50 years ago. So I'm trying to remember that a lot of the technology for investigating that we have now just didn't exist back then. Right. Yeah. I mean, DNA testing was not where it is now. And cameras were just less plentiful, like around, you know, they just yeah, weren't everywhere. Nobody had the ring system back no, in the No phones, you know. I mean, 71. the cold case seemed pretty cold until now. And Sheriff Darren Popkins spoke to that and how, you know, it really is such a big deal to solve this case in particular. The murder of Montgomery County Sheriff's Office Captain James Hall was the only and oldest unsolved homicide of a law enforcement officer in Montgomery County. This brings a tremendous sense of relief. Right. And what do we know about Hall himself? Um, we know that he had two kids. He was married to a woman named Anna, who unfortunately passed in 2005, so she didn't get to see, uh, you know, the closure of this case. But they were married for 33 years when Hall died. Um, he has two kids, Carolyn and Melvin. And Carolyn actually married a man who was a Montgomery County police officer. And Melvin's son became a Montgomery County police officer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this family is really, you know, committed to public service. We also know about Captain Hall, who, again, who went by J.T., that he was a big baseball guy. He played in a minor league baseball team. He coached youth baseball. Mm. He volunteered um, at the Kensington uh, Volunteer Firehouse. So he was obviously really involved in the community. Yeah. And to that point that Hall's family was really you know, involved in the police department, there were a number of people up at the podium who knew and worked with his family members, including Chief Marcus Jones. It's personal in a different kind of a way. Captain Hall's nephew... Frank Hall, Corporal Frank Hall, retired from Montgomery County Police, was my training corporal when I first started here 36 years ago. And so today we learned a good amount of information. You know, the 
the name of the person who confessed to murdering Hall 51 years ago mm-hmm. and you know the lengths investigators went. But other than that, there's still a lot of questions that are left here. Oh, many questions. I mean, you know, there's always these holes. And even if it goes through the judicial process, sometimes we don't get the answers, but hopefully we will. I mean, the, the ones that stick out to me are why he was off campus in this residential area and how far away it was mm. from the country club where this happened. Um, the motive. Um, right. Did he happen upon? Was it a residential burglary and he happened upon it? Was there another person involved? Um, how did police find him? I mean, what did they use? Is it a DNA thing? Right. Is it, you know, they went back through his interview and things didn't make sense. Um, and then, of course, like why he changed his name, why he moved. Right. Um, and we can assume, but you never want to do that. So it, th- there's a lot of things that I think that would really shore up some holes and make a lot more sense when this continues down the line. And it sounds to me that what really convinced police officers is Smith's confession and why he confessed to Hall's murder 51 years later is still a question we do not know. Right. I mean, Chief Marcus Jones called it a tremendous accomplishment, but um, that a retired captain, Rosario, was saying, you know, basically they presented him with the facts. The investigators came up with a a likely set of facts. Um, They pretty much put the story together from what they had. And I think by the time um, our main suspect was spoken to, um, the timeline, the details were pretty much laid out. And and I I believe that excellent work contributed to a confession. Right. I mean, the investigation was that good that he saw the facts all laid out. and was like, okay. so what's next here? So state's attorney McCarthy basically said uh, Smith is going to face first degree murder charges. He waived extradition, meaning that it's going to be a quick process to get him from New York to Maryland Mm. to face that charge. So um, it's going to be in the next couple of days that he'll be moved. And then they're hoping to get the trial up and going on this in three to four months, which is a pretty quick timeline. Wow. Well, we'll be waiting till then to get some more information on this cold case. For now, you can find photos of the accused killer Smith and Hall on our social media. Megan, thanks for tuning into this press conference and really bringing us this solved cold case story. Of course. And coming up, another round of DMV dates where you're going to hear about biscuits and... Charcuterie boards. <laughs> A dude's guide to charcuterie boards. Stick around. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys, and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. Okay, so before we go, we've got to do our DMV dates. It is Wednesday, of course. Um, And I'm going to start. Here we go. If you don't mind. Oh, please. Um, We're heading a little farther afield. Out to Leesburg. Oh, good. Have you been to Leesburg? I have been to Leesburg. Okay, so this is my date. Midday, Okay. you head out. First, you stop at Buford's Biscuits mm. in downtown Leesburg. Oh, I love biscuits. Let me tell you, these biscuits are like giganto, and they have every <laughs> type of sandwich you could make on a biscuit, Wow. and they look amazing. I haven't been, but I do want to go, and I've heard of wonderful things. Then, 
you head a little bit out. It's a little bit of a drive. So you're like, maybe this isn't date one, right? Right, like right, right, right. You're spending a little more this time. This is an eight-hour date. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little longer date. Um, you go out to Luckett's General Store, which is this mm. huge antique store. And it's almost like it's it's so huge, it's like spilled out onto the yard. Wow. And there are amazing things you can find for your apartment or your house. Oh, nice. Little things, like little cute little glass things or mm. like vases to like artwork. I mean, they have all this stuff. It's just fun to like wow. poke around with somebody and be like, oh my God, look at this, you know? A great place if you're on your like 20th date and you're like, should we move in together? I, it, <laughs> it's so fun because they also have, I mean, some of the stuff is just like, what the heck is this thing, you right. know? Um, and then Torreira Winery is right there, which okay. of course has good wine, but they also have a concert series they do. And so on the 17th, September 17th, and on September 24th, they have concerts. One on the 17th, it's an 80s band, and on the 24th, it's a 90s band. Wow. So pick your poison. <laughs> and it's like 50 bucks for two tickets. Oh, nice. So I'd say all in all, I mean, if you do the, the lunch and everything, I'd say it ended up being maybe a $100 date if you buy something at Luckett's. But you could also bring food and everything into Terrera. Totally. Um, oh, that's great. I've been there. It's really fun. Um, they have, it's sort of like a small wolf trap. You just kind of sit oh, on the lawn. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's good. That it's, sounds wonderful. It's solid date. That's as long as day. you were okay with driving back home after, you Good. know, the concert. You kind of got to keep your wits about you. Drive safely, folks. Good call. Good call. All right, on to my date. So this is kind of an evergreen date. You can, you know, use it whenever you want, but it does take a little bit of learning. And I say that hmm. because I don't know if most dudes know how to build a proper charcuterie board. Or or women. Maybe or they're women, not, that's true. You know. 100%. Charcuterie is a fun word, but, you know, it's kind of complex. Okay. I Can I just say, I consider myself a charcuterie whiz. Really? I'm really good wow. at it. Wow. All right. So you're going to have to test me on my own guide you okay, know, at right, the end okay. of this. Keep okay. Going. Sorry. All right. So this is a basic charcuterie board. Okay. Okay. So first stop is obviously the grocery store. You gotta, you know, you gotta get the charcuterie before <laughs> you even you go to the location. Unless you know how to make cheese on your own, yes. Exactly. Unless you're on the farm. So first is a fresh baguette. Just gotta get a fresh baguette. Easy money. Brie, brie cheese is a mm-hmm. soft cheese. It kind of looks like butter, but it's cheese, guys. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's really <laughs> yummy. Then manchego cheese. You get a little bit of manchego cheese. This is a harder cheese. Also kind of looks like butter, but it looks like a crumbling butter. You know, if you like froze your butter a little bit. It does not look like butter. It kind of does. It's okay. got that light, you know, all right, all right. a little bit. Okay. I'll go with it. So those are two cheeses. You got a soft cheese and a hard cheese. Now, this is to elevate your charcuterie board. You get pepper jelly, which is fantastic. It exists. I didn't know it existed a while ago, but it's wonderful. It's a savory jelly, uh-huh. and it's fantastic with all those sorts of beautiful cheeses and fresh baguette. Then you get your salami. Mm-hmm. And that's just you know basic. like a hard salami. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Any sort of salami. This is very basic. We're going, <laughs> we're going really common denominator here. Okay, all right. Then to finish it all off, you get a honey crisp apple that's got that like bright, you know, sour, awesome apple taste. Yeah. And then you know that's that's the food section of your basic charcuterie board. And then of course you need to go into your kitchen, get a wooden cutting board. Or just a piece of wood. Maybe, you know, you've got some <laughs> wood lying just around. Just piece of wood. Just wash it off, you know, make sure it's cool. And then bring a knife. And that's really all you need. So you get all those things together. I calculated it. It's around $40 for the whole deal. Oh, that that's actually, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of expensive. Right, those together. cheeses are each like $8. And you're getting like eight ounces of This cheese. is if you're doing a little like glass of wine for go to dinner or something yes. like that to Well, impress. so the idea is you get all these, you know, charcuterie supplies. Fixins. Fixins. And then you head out to the U.S. National Arboretum, which is such a beautiful place in D.C. If you haven't been there, it's fantastic. They have, you know, some architecturally cool things, those columns, those Roman columns that are fun. Mm -hmm. And they just have beautiful nature, rolling hills, tall trees. And as we are approaching fall, it becomes even more beautiful, you know, as the fall kind of 
changes the colors of the leaves. Yes, that's a really good date. Right, and so it's very basic. This could be this can be date number one. This could be date you know number a hundred. You know, if you just want to do something <laughs> new, impress <laughs> your significant other with too. charcuterie boards. Yeah, no, I've done it. It's fantastic. It's super easy to navigate. You can drive pretty far in, so you're not like hiking. You know. Um, you just drive the spot, you know, bring a blanket. That's it. Can I give three additions to your charcuterie board? Ah, uh, my charcuterie board no, wasn't enough. No, they're really good. <laughs> okay, first is if you can find like some kind of herb, like a rosemary oh. or a basil or something just to throw on top. It looks real fancy. Nice. The fig jam they sell yes. a lot of times near cheese. If you can't find the red pepper jelly, which isn't everywhere, that's is true. Good. Yep. And some kind of nuts. Hundred percent. Pistachio. Maybe not a peanut. Yeah, not a peanut, but like, you know. Just kind of, you know. An almond, maybe. Yeah. Tossed yeah. in there. Boom. Yeah. Wow. You well, got yourself a solid I hope you all are taking notes because uh, <laughs> that's that's our guide to strike report. So that's the date. That's a, that's a nice, simple, evergreen date to have in your back pocket. I love that. And yeah. the Arboretum's free, which is so cool. Added benefit. And that'll do it for us. Enjoy your dates, guys, for the DMV download this Wednesday. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you like those dates and the show in general. Also, subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a show. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. Also, check all of our social channels. We are posting all the time. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night, guys.